Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today called NG Ingwen. My name is John Drummond or Yang Haolin. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 NG Ingwen。我是 Angela。We have a great episode for you today with my good friend Andrew Chen, who has recently relocated back to Taiwan. 没错，今天呢 ，Angie 英文邀请到了又是创业又是开飞机，甚至呢还曾经跟奥运剑术选手过招的 Andrew 来跟大家分享他一路从人生低潮低潮走出来，到现在在各个领域创业，闯出自己一片天的故事。My guest today is Taiwanese American. He is a restaurant founder, an angel investor, and tech startup entrepreneur. A lover of learning new things and going new places, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome my good friend Andrew. Hey, what's up, man? Boom! What's up, Andrew? Welcome to NG Ingwen, my brother. So, dude, you are a man of many talents. It's hard to kind of sum up what you do in the world of America and Taiwan, I should say. But can you start off our audience with a little bit of a maybe backstory of who you are and kind of what you are focusing on right now? 访谈一开始 ，Andrew 提到他原本呢是在美国从事科技业的，在这个新创科技公司上班。后来因为家里的制鞋业可能人手不够吧，需要帮忙，所以在离开科技业之后呢，有整整一年的时间是跟父母他们在中国那边的工厂，好在那边帮忙一些需要处理的事情。后来呢，才又回到自己的事业道路，才进入了现在的这个餐饮业。好，他说他们这两年在美国经营的餐厅已经大概有十二十三间了，感觉应该是蛮成功的哦。不知道是叫什么名字，说不定改天可以去光顾一下。那除了在餐饮业发展以外呢，他其实还是个天使哦，专门投资那些刚起步的新创公司，好做这个所谓的天使投资。那这个天使投资呢，就是我们英文讲的 angel investment。好 ，angel investment， 我我个人投对投资这些是不太熟悉啦。不过主要就是让那些呃刚起步的公司，好有足够的资金可以继续发展下去。那新创公司的话呢，可以用这个字 startups， startups， 或是 startup companies， start up companies。好，两个都通，任君挑选。Yeah,、uh, one of my most weird questions is when people ask me, like, "What do you do?" <laughs> so it's a really hard question to answer. But、um, for now, mainly I am in the restaurant industry in the states.、Um, we have like a、uh, about like twelve or thirteen units、um, that we've been operating for the past couple of years.、Uh, I got my start in tech, you know, out of college, got a couple startups, and then、uh, eventually got out of it, got in the food industry. I was helping out my parents for a while.、Um, they were in the shoe industry, so I was out in China for like、um, a year, just in manufacturing, like. In the warehouses and in very rural China, <laughs> so it's a yeah, it's an interesting area. And then、um, yeah, I eventually came back, got back into tech, and then I eventually got back into the restaurant business. But、um, so now mainly in the restaurants, I do a lot of angel investing here and there,、um, in mostly like、um, early stage, really early stage tech companies. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I love that, and I do understand the kind of dilemma of like, hey, what do you do? And that's such a it's such a loaded question. So I apologize to kind of lead off with it, but. It kind of sets the stage for all the cool things that I believe you are doing. In terms of us kind of structuring a little bit today in the interview, as you were saying, you did a lot of work in China and the U.S., but you're here in Taiwan. So could you maybe help us understand what are you doing back in Taiwan right now? 
。原来呢，去年因为美国疫情的关系，整个生活条件、生活品质都变得很糟。Andrew 每天就是一个提心吊胆的过日子哈。封城的时候呢，就是整天关在家里不能出门。后来虽然可以出门了，但永远都要带一瓶干洗手，随时消毒。然后走在路上呢，也是就是要三步时就要小心注意说，哎。别人的距离有没有太近啊，或者怎么样的？所以长期下来真的让心里很不健康。不过幸好他爸妈是台湾人，让他可以办一个这个疫情期间可以来台探亲的签证。好，所以就赶快家当带一带，乖乖回台避风头。本来只是想说可以等个几个月，情况好就回去美国，结果没想到那边越来越惨，觉得还是待在防疫成绩又是有台湾比较好，所以就一直留到现在。大概也不打算回美国了。他这边讲的干洗手，它的英文说法是 hand sanitizer。好 ，sanitizer 有消毒剂的意思，那 hand sanitizer 就是手的消毒剂，好，就是我们说的干洗手。那如果把 sanitizer 改成动词，变成 sanitize， 就变成是给什么什么东西消毒清洁的意思。我们赶快来继续听他的分享吧。Uh, so my family is Taiwanese.、Um, luckily, you know, I'm so grateful for that. Just、uh, you know, something that's been amazing last year and this year.、Uh, so I was living in LA, and then now everything locked down around March last year, and so basically everyone was just at home.、Uh, and I, I know we didn't really experience that here, which has been amazing. But、um, we we're all just sitting at home for like months. You know, we're just working nonstop, and we couldn't go outside. And there's this perpetual fear of just like every time you walk out, you need to carry sanitizer, you need to carry, you need to wash your hands, wear a mask. Um, and it's like it's just like this constant, you know,、uh, background anxiety of you have walking around, just like seeing anybody, you know, walk close to you, or even walking down the street. If you see somebody coming,、um, coming across the way, then you know you would like get six feet away.、Um, it, it's just really stressful. And so、um, around July, I basically just decided, you know, it, it's just not worth it <laughs> being there anymore. So、um, I luckily I had、uh, I have an American passport, but luckily at the time when Taiwan first locked down, I ended up getting a COVID visa. It's like a special COVID visa. Um, I said my parents are here and I had to come visit them, and then、um, so Taiwan issued a COVID visa, and so I got in from that, and then it essentially it ended up getting a gold card after I got here. But、um, what ended up happening was initially in July I came,、uh, I was planning to come for like one to two months. I was thinking at one to two months the U.S. would be a little better and I can go back and you know get back to work.、Um, and after a couple of months, the U.S. just kept getting worse and worse, and you know the situation was getting worse, politics was getting everything was just horrible. And so I was like, you know what? There's no reason to be there. <laughs> so I just decided to stay.、Uh, so I ended up going back to the states for ten days or so, and then、um, and then I ended up coming back and requarantined. But、um, you know, it's been it's been amazing here. I just have no plans to leave anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I know. I, I every once in a while I do kind of worry about the states, but I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful after our、uh, our kind of presidential change and、uh, just seeing the way that the energy is kind of shifting. But I'm. Like you are, it feels like I'm very grateful that we are both here and able to be working and continuing on with what we're doing. So, in that sense, now would you say you're trying to focus on any industry while you're out here in Taiwan? 接着 Andrew 提到啊，他其实一直都有在想要回到科技业去朝这个跟心理健康相关的这方面去发展，去做一些可以为自己带来成就感，然后又能对社会有贡献的事情。那至于为什么他会想要朝这方面走？一来是因为 Andrew 觉得这是一个非常大的产业，哈，涵盖的层面很广，加上现在社会的种种因素，也对现代人的心理健康有很大的影响，变成是一种文文明病，哈，就像糖尿病一样。
以前的人到处跑跑跳跳，身体健壮的很，饮食呢也比较单纯，没有所谓的糖尿病的问题。但现在因为整个习惯都变了嘛，不管是身体还是心理的疾病都越来越普遍，所以他希望去设计一些更多、更新，而且价格也更亲民的线上心理治疗方式。同时，也希望大家不要避而不谈，好像讲到心理治疗就很很很丢脸之类的。好，应该要更重视心理健康，要多认识、多了解我们内心的状况，有需要就要去求助。那这边他等一下用到的一个字，大家可以学起来 ，prevalent， 它意思是常见、普遍的。好，但是要注意哦，它通常是用在比较负面的情况下，像例如 Andrew 说的一些疾病越来越普遍，好，或是像某些不良行为越来越常见等等。另外，这边还有两个字，我们也来练习一下。taboo， 意思是宗教或是习俗上的禁忌。好，那 stigma 它表达的也很类似，只是它指的是比较偏耻辱方面。好，但两个都是大家尽量会避开、不去做或是不去谈的东西。Yeah, so even before the pandemic,、uh, I was trying to get out of the restaurant business and get back into tech.、Uh, I just wanted to do something that's a little more socially impactful. I think、um, luckily I'm at a point in my life where I can kind of choose what I want to do. And、uh, you know, I think the thing that was missing was just like personal fulfillment. And、um, now, since I have that option, I, I really want to do something that you know I can wake up in five years or seven years and be just, or ten years or forever, and just be excited to work on every day. You know, whether it makes money or not, like I want to be able to make an impact. And so,、um, even before the pandemic, we were looking towards mental health.、Um, it's just a massive industry, and I think you know, with society now, it's it's spawned a lot of new、uh, mental health issues that weren't prevalent before. And I think there's a lot of new approaches that we can take now to、uh, to solve, you know, kind of the diseases of today, right?、Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, if we think about how our, like, say, how diabetes developed, you know, like most, like,、uh, indigenous cultures don't have any diabetes because <laughs> they're very active, they run around,、um, and it's really like a, a disease that was created based on our, you know, the way we've structured our society.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, mental health is the same issue, right? It's like,、um, you know, especially now with like just constantly connected. There's just infinite stress, and especially kids growing up in this、uh, society now. I can't imagine how much stress they've built up, you know, over the just the first 18 years of their life.、Um, so we really want to look into, you know, newer forms of、uh, of mental health treatment,、um, and ideally something that's scalable, something that we can do online.、Um, and there's a lot of like mental health,、uh, you know, like say、um, therapists online now.、Uh, so we're kind of looking in that direction of seeing how we can、um, you just make it more available. More affordable and more accessible, and kind of、um, educate people on. You know, I think in Asia, especially, it's、uh, there's still kind of a stigma against、um, getting therapists, getting counseling.、Um, so we really want to work to educate that. You know, this is something that people need, and、uh, and it's very okay. You know, it's like it's actually great for you, right? Everybody should、um, be looking towards、uh, just improving their own mental health. I absolutely love that, and it's so wonderful to to hear kind of you know the story of that as. You know, this is something that you would want to scale, obviously, but it's not. The goal is not necessarily making money. The goal is social impact and kind of the taboos and stigmas around it, especially here in Asia. It's it's something that's you're seeing a lot of growth and development. So, if you could share though a little bit, if you're comfortable, what was your reason for diving into mental health? 接下来 Andrew 会跟各位分享一段故事，让也刚好在经历低潮的人知道说。A, you're not alone. 你不孤单哈。也有人也走过一段不为人知的黑暗期。好，在二零一七年的时候呢，他出了一场严重车祸。当时其中一位很好的朋友也因此过世。
后来可能因为整件事情带来的创伤，让他的健康迅速走下坡，生活起居变得不规律、不正常，几乎连两个月都没有下床。那有一天呢，他好不容易终于要下床走动了，结果膝盖突如其来的刺痛，让他整个趴倒在地上，然后加上甲状腺又出问题，很多离离扣扣的事情接二连三的又发生，还有这个工作上的事情也让他压力特别大，一整个就是过了一个心里很不健康、很痛苦的一年。但是也因为这样子，让 Andrew 意识到说。我们的精神状态，我们的心理健康真的很重要。任何人随时都有可能被打倒，就有点像他自己这个平时大家公认的这个坚强的铁汉子哈、哦，也生病了。所以真的，大家真的不要忽视心理的问题。心理生病跟身体生病一样，都需要好好花时间去照顾。Yeah, I would actually love to share. I think that's one of the main things in the industry that you know people need to be a little more vulnerable and open up a little bit and realize that you know there's a lot of people in the same situation as you are.、Uh, so for me, I back in like 2017,、um, I just had a pretty rough year.、Um, you know, I was in this like crazy car accident,、uh, and then one of my best friends passed away, and I ended up getting this health issue. I think it was probably from the accident, stress from the accident.、Um, but long story short, I was bedridden for almost two months. And then,、um, so I was just like, I literally woke up one day, stepped off my bed, and just collapsed on the floor because I had these like searing pains in my knee. And then、um, I had this like thyroid issue, and it was just it was so much, so many things happened in the course of six months.、Um, and you know, I, I just felt my mental. You know, I've always been a pretty strong person、um, normally, but、uh, you know, that year was just really, really straining and really tough. And I just kind of felt, and I was super burnt out, super overworked. I was just doing things I didn't really enjoy,、uh, and it, was, it would take me, you know, an hour just to open my laptop and open Gmail, just because I was just so. Frustrated, I would just stare at my computer and just think about how much I didn't want to do these things, and、uh, and so you know that's kind of when I realized、uh, that mental health is a huge issue and it could hit anybody at any time, even somebody.、Um, for me, you know, I was always thought I was you know very on top of it and very strong, and so you know that was kind of like my first foray into realizing that hey, mental health is a serious issue, and so because of that, you know, I really wanted to. I, it wasn't at the time like I didn't realize it, but I think you know as as I've gotten better and just realizing you know there's so much gratitude and gratefulness in the world. Uh, that it's something that yeah, I really want to focus on, and so it, I have been working with my partner for the past like year and a half.、Um, we're just kind of ideating, you know. We're not like moving too quickly. We want to make sure it's the right time. And luckily,、um, well, I'm not luckily, but luckily we didn't、uh, start anything pre-COVID, right? Because now it's like you know it's a whole different world now. And so、um, you know we're kind of just we're taking it a little slow right now, kind of figuring out what exact step to take. And you know we're just like really looking. I mean, right now is not too much you can do, right? <laughs> so we're just looking at things online.、Um, but once we figure that out, I think we're going to be moving full steam ahead. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, I, I know you've been so impacted by you know that pivotal year of your life, and to kind of see how much you've grown and and all the things that you've been working on within yourself, it's 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 a good reminder for so many of us to understand that yeah, we can take on so much stress, but if we don't have the right avenues to talk about it or or Express vulnerability that can just build up. Yeah, I think one thing I want to add too is,、uh, you know, it, it's okay to feel stressed out and feel anxiety, even if you know it seems like your life is going really well.、Um, I think from the outside, my life was great, right? I had,、um, you know, like business was going well, everything was, you know, a lot of friends, I had a great social life,、um, everything was going really well. But it's just, you know, the stress of it just kind of overtook me, you know, at some point. And even before, you know, this whole 2017, I was just getting really burnt out from work. Um, and so I think that's something that people need to to be more aware of. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. If you could kind of think back to that time, was there anything that maybe 
allowed you to build that awareness or, or what kind of, was there anything that you remember looking back on 2017 that you were like, something's off. I need to, you know, what, what raised that awareness, I should say. 这段内容里呢 ，Andrew 分享到，他低潮那阵日子，每天都卧床不起，足不出户，这样饿了就是叫外卖，什么事都做不了。直到后来慢慢开始有办法起床，然后膝盖也慢慢开始好了之后，就让自己出门散散步，即便是买个咖啡也好，好一些像太阳啦、咖啡等等，在这样子在家门外的事情，逐渐让他学会感激。明白说，人生真的还有很多美好的东西在等着他，所以呢，后来就决定重振精神。除了跟朋友一起去南美洲完成了长达二十天的背包旅行以外，也学会感谢感激的重要。而且后来，为了要挑战自己，还跨出了舒适圈，从西岸的洛杉矶搬到东岸的纽约，好去从事创意艺术工作，写一些脱口秀的故事讲稿。甚至还跟那个奥运剑术选手学剑，整个后来就是把自己活得很多彩多姿。那在最后呢，他也提到这些丰富的人生经验也成为一个很重要的 wake up call， 让他彻底觉醒，明白说世界上真的还有很多很多新鲜的事情在等我们去发掘。那这个 wake up call 其实原本是指我们一般如果住饭店有没有，请柜台人员早上打电话来房间叫你起床的那个叫醒服务。对，英文是说 wake up call， 不是我们一般常听到的 morning call。不过在这里呢，它是把意思做延伸，变成一个警醒、警示的意思。Yeah, a lot of it was, you know, in, in the two months that I was bedridden, I was ordering Uber Eats every day, and luckily, um, had a girlfriend at the time that was helping take care of me, and I was just sitting there every day, just you know, getting worse and worse because I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. But you know, I think a lot of it was like once I finally started recovering a little bit, um, I was taking some medication, my knees were getting better, I was able to walk around. Like the the gratitude of just getting out of bed and you know going outside, seeing the sun, like seeing the sun, and being able to walk to like you know a nearby restaurant, and getting some food or getting a coffee. Um, that gratitude every you know and improving every day was just such an immense like help and、uh, you know so after that I was just like man I really need to just change something about my life like I shouldn't be feeling like this every day when like when my life is so good right I need to make choices that、um, make me happier and so、um, after that I decided to take some time off work and then、uh, and we ended up I ended up going to、um, Peru so with my friend we hiked Machu Picchu did a big like outdoor trip we went from Peru and then we went down to、um, Chile、uh, and went to、um, Patagonia. And so we did like, I mean, it was honestly way too much. It was like twenty days of backpacking and camping, and at the end, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna get out of here." But、uh, it was great. It was really, really good.、Uh, after that, it was、uh, you know, so after like 2017, and that realizing that you know, I just I just had to have more gratitude. I think is what it was. And then、um, so I spent a lot of 2018 automating a lot of things out of my business, and then、um, and then just taking time off. Like 2019, I ended up moving to New York. And then I just wanted to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone, and so、um, I wanted to do more creative arts. And I've never done creative performances or anything, and so I ended up doing stand-up.、Um, I ended up doing like creative comedy writing. I was、uh, doing mass story slams, and if you guys don't know what that is, it's like a competitive storytelling. So you get on stage for five minutes, and there's like judges, and you compete. And then by the end of the night,、um, they pick a winner and they score you, and they're very ruthless. <laughs> um, but you know, I ended up learning how to do like a little bit better storytelling, and then、uh, I ended up fencing with like this Olympic fencer. <laughs> I just did some, you know, just some something that's just completely out of my comfort zone, which has been a great like wake up call. You know, just like there's more to life than than the little bubble that you surround yourself with.、Mm, that's beautiful, yeah. Because I think as as you and I got to know each other more, I I always noticed you were you were very adamant about kind of you know. 
checking things off this bucket list you had and you were always about experiencing new things and I wonder if that was yeah like you know post 2017 and that kind of realization and I remember when I was learning about you and just you were like yeah man I got my pilot's license and I flew people to Burning Man I was like that's amazing and you know you've just been continuing to do all these incredible things and you're doing it with you know a mindfulness uh, approach and gratitude approach. So I don't want to say congratulations, but I guess I should say like I'm really happy that you had that uh, breakthrough and that understanding to gratitude. Is, that's very beautiful. So thank you for sharing with us. If you don't mind us transitioning a little bit into kind of me and you thinking about what you could do with this mental health company, whether it's tech related or or how you're trying to scale it in the terms of language. Would you be trying to focus on doing this for mental health in English, or maybe in Mandarin, or maybe both? Or what are what are your thoughts on that? 接下来 Andrew 提到啊，亚洲这边不管是日本、中国还是台湾等等的地方，因为可能社会文化的关系，哈，就是大家都不太会去谈心理健康这方面的问题，加上心理治疗的相关资源也比较缺乏，导致自杀率一直都高居不下。但相对的，在美国去看心理医生却是很正常的一件事情，而且在 Silicon Valley， 在西谷那边也有非常多的心理治疗平台不断在推陈出新，所以他希望未来呢，可以把这样的一个概念引进台湾，引进亚洲，让有需要的人可以有更容易的管道资源去治疗心理问题。只要连上网路，就可以跟美国会讲中文的心理治疗师进行疗程。That's actually a really interesting concept because I think. There's a huge, you know, like we said earlier, there's a huge lack of mental health awareness in in Asia in general,、um, and I think it's very needed, right? I mean, there's like massive suicide rates in Japan and in China and in Taiwan as well, and、uh, you know, all of that just comes from just a lack of people being able to talk about it because of the stigma that's surrounding you know mental health issues, and so it would be really cool to kind of,、uh, so you know, in Silicon Valley right now, there's a ton of like online mental health platforms. There's like BetterHelp. There's um. There's just you know a ton of them out there,、um, but that doesn't exist at all in Asia. So it'd be really interesting to kind of like transplant, you know, something similar like that to to Asia here. And it, I mean, it's hard to even find a therapist here, <laughs> and they're extremely like prohibitively expensive. And so um, if we can find you know like and therapists are super common in the states, right? It would be interesting if we can find say like a, a Chinese speaking therapist in the states and then have them do like online sessions, you know, with people here.、Um, that would be an interesting idea. So thinking about you know the fact that you are back now in Taiwan potentially full time for at least the foreseeable future, I know you are now so much more exposed to Mandarin Chinese as well. So, did you grow up actually speaking Mandarin Chinese? 在这段访谈中呢 ，Andrew 说啊，他其实一开始虽然是在美国出生，但是后来一直都是在台湾生活。三四岁才又搬去美国，然后加上在家里跟爸妈也都是说中文，所以基本上中文算是他的母语啦。是一直到后来开始上幼稚园了，才开始慢慢讲英文，而且一开始还真的都听不懂同学在讲什么，整个就是完全从头学起。但也是因为这样子呢，让他的英文越来越熟练，然后中文就就慢慢越来越不像以前讲的好，到现在口音呢也越来越重，连搭个计程车那个司机都要写字条才能跟他沟通。然后之前连在那个中国那边的工厂啊，在跟经理沟通的时候，一时想不起来一些中文要怎么讲，然后还被对方笑，想说连这么简单的东西都不会讲之类的。Yeah, it was actually my first language as a kid.、Um, so when I was born in the states, and then I basically was in Taiwan until I was three or four, before school, 
Uh, I, I was spent, you know, maybe eight months out of the year here. Obviously, very young at the time, but my parents didn't speak too much. My dad did spoke English pretty well at the time already, but my mom was still like going through American school、um, when she was in the states or English school. And so basically, at home up until I was like four or five, I only spoke Chinese. And actually, the first day of preschool, I didn't speak a lick of English. And then I was like freaking out. <laughs> I was like, when I got to school, people were speaking to me. I didn't understand anybody. And so I kind of had to learn English, like in school, even though I was born in America.、Um, but I think you know, as the years went on, I used to have zero accent. And then as years went on, you know, like using it less and less.、Uh, basically, in the states, I only use Chinese at home. So now that I'm here, you know, I've been told like my accent's a lot worse now. <laughs> Taxi drivers, you know, make a note to tell me every time. <laughs> But you know, it, it's funny. There was once I was in China and、um, I was at this factory, and then I was, you know, I have like I, at the time I had you know pretty pretty good accent, so I sound very local. But the thing is, you know, I learned mostly from my parents, and I went to school, you know, but I haven't maybe like a seventh eighth grade vocabulary. Um, and so I'm missing like a lot of like technical things, right? So I was at the factory trying to explain something to you know to this um one of the managers there, and I was just like, ah,、oh, you know, you take this thing and this thing, you put it together. What's that called?、And、he's like, are you stupid? <laughs> he's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, why don't you speak Chinese well? And I was like, oh, I grew up in the states, you know, I I, I don't know. And what was really funny is like, well, you know, everybody in the states speaks Chinese, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, they don't. He's like, yeah, everybody that comes here speaks Chinese. And I was like. What? <laughs> it was just a weird, a weird experience that I had.、Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think now that I'm in Taiwan,、uh, I've been much more intentful about like you know always type in Chinese if I can,、um, try to talk to people that are more local, and、uh, you know try obviously try not to use Google Translate as much.、Um, but you know a lot of times I still have to. But、uh, just try and be more intentful. You know every day when I talk to people, and then、um, you know use obviously use every chance that I get, and you know probably hang out with some more local friends. That's always a good、uh, good tip. <laughs> yeah, man. This <laughs> the factory worker. He's like, no, everyone in America speaks Chinese. It's like, yeah, well, that's probably the reason they are going to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But、uh, love that. Thank you for sharing that. And unfortunately, we are coming to our last question here on Engineering Went, and that is, if you could go back in time and talk to a younger Andrew, would there be any advice you give yourself about language, life, or maybe mental health? 访谈最后 ，Andrew 提到说，他希望可以跟以前的自己说，要勇敢卸下心房面对他人，因为很多时候啊，我们只有卸下心房，才会知道说谁是我们真正值得交的朋友。好，就是说我们遇到的每个人啊，身上都有值得我们去学习的地方，那他们也都其实很愿意教我们，但是这中间呢，就一定要有一个人先卸下心房。好，先跨出心里那道那道防线，去跟对方认识，才有办法去往更深层的关系发展。虽然说有时候会会因为这样吃亏，就是有有人可能会因为这样子想要占你便宜，但是当你遇到不让你吃亏的那个人的时候，你就知道，哎，对方是一个值得深交的好朋友。那这边我们讲的这个卸下心房，它等一下会用到的英文是这个字 ，vulnerable。好，这个字你如果去看字典、去查字典的话，它意思是呃脆弱的意思。那在这边表达的呢，就是要卸下心房，展现自己脆弱的一面的意思。那我们现在就马上来听访谈最后这段分享吧。Yeah, I think the main thing that has helped me throughout the past say seven eight years is realizing that there's always something to learn from everybody that you meet, and people always are willing to teach you something, but It takes somebody to take that first step and be vulnerable, and I think that's something that I I was you know I grew up in a very traditional Asian not traditional Asian household but 
you know, they're still Asian parents and talking about things just is not okay. <laughs> you know, no feelings, nothing, you know, you can't, like, if you have nothing good to say, don't say it. And so, um, but what I've realized in the past seven, eight years is like, you know, if I'm the first one to just give a little bit, uh, everybody is also willing to give a lot more, right? And then you build a really good deep conversation. And so that has, you know, propelled me just so much, you know, you learn so much from everybody and you build really deep lasting connections. And so if I could tell myself anything when I was younger is to be more vulnerable and do it sooner and do it, do it fast. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't pay off. Sometimes people are, are, are jerks, but you know, it's okay, right? You make one good friend out of like 20 people that you meet, it's super worth it. And that'll last you for the rest of your life. That was beautiful. I, I couldn't agree more. And I love that that's been your kind of journey the past seven to eight years and wish you nothing but success. And it's been wonderful to see you continue to push yourself in, in so many directions. And, and I really hope you, uh, you and your partner can get this mental health app or whatever it's going to be off the ground. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. So is there anywhere people could find out more about your life and kind of follow along maybe with future developments? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not too active on social media, but um, you can follow me on IG at uh, Andrew Doing Things, and spelled exactly how you would think. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Doing, doing Things. Yeah, awesome, brother. Well, thank you for making some time for us today. Uh, it was great to be on here, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Andrew. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen or you can search on IG NG English ICRT. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 7 and Wednesday night from 9 to 9.30. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. 好啦，今天的节目就到这边告一段落啦！感谢各位的收听，别忘了订阅我们的 Spotify 还有 YouTube 频道哦。那喜欢我们节目的话，也要记得到 Instagram 到 IG 上追踪我们哦。如果各位有什么其他问题是想要问来宾的，也请欢迎在底下留言告诉我们，我们一定会想办法帮你问到手。好啦，那就下周在空中相会喽，拜拜。